If you want to be captivated by God, if you want to be on fire for God, if you want God to have all of you, he's got to have your focus. And now for Go With God. Good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning, y'all. It is so Great to be in the house with you all this morning. This is my home. This is my family. This is where Aunt Dinah used to take us with her and my mom used to take us with her to choir practice and all the kids would be running and hiding between the seats and stuff. This is family and so I appreciate you and thank you all for the opportunity. I want to shout out my mama. Shout out to my mama, y'all. Stand up, mama. Stand up. Y'all. Now, worship is so dear to my heart, and it's because of her example and seeing God walk with her in trial, seeing him pull her through, and she worshiped through it. If y'all see that pillow on her chest, she looks kind of weird, but that's because she just won her battle with breast cancer, y'all. We serve a good God. So when I tell y'all that God really, he got your back. Oh, he got your back. He has your back. I want to thank the leadership so, so much for this opportunity. But not only this opportunity, I want to thank you for your leadership. I want to thank you for cultivating a place that disciples, truly disciples God's people. Just even giving them rewards for doing the right thing, for being disciplined, and for putting the principles that God teaches us into action in their lives. A lot of people go left because they never receive that encouragement. And this right here is that encouragement that changes lives. So thank you so, so much. Thank you so much. Amen. Well... Let's start off with a word of prayer. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Father God, thank you so much, Lord, for this day. Thank you, God, for your presence, Jesus. We feel you here, God. We thank you, God. I thank you for this opportunity and for every single life in this room, every single family represented. God, every single assignment on these lives, Jesus. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would meet us here, that you will open our hearts to hear your word and to receive your word, God. Let us apply it to our lives, God, and go with you in our daily walk, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I don't know if you're a note taker. I encourage you to take notes, though. I love notes because you can always look back at them later when you're going through something and you're like, wait a minute, this applied to that, but it also applies to that. So notes definitely help, so feel free to do that. But we are going to start off this morning in Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. Say amen when you got it. I love saying that. I love saying that. (laughs) It is Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 through 8. And I believe the NIV version. Amen. Do we have it? All right. And it reads, The word of the Lord came to me saying, 
Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I'm too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. I'm speaking from the subject this morning. Go with God. Go with God. I want us to dive in on verse six, where he says, alas, sovereign Lord, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. I'm too young. Raise your hand if you're young, even in heart, in your in heart, (laughs) in heart. That's young, too. (laughs) But. In this, he says, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. Do y'all know this is not the first time that someone has responded to God like that? This is not the first response like this to God. If we rewind to Exodus 4 verse 10, where God tells Moses that he's going to use him to deliver the people of Israel, that he's going to talk to Pharaoh, that he's going to lead them. Moses's response to God is, Lord, I've never been eloquent, neither before or after you spoke to me. I am slow in speech and tongue. He stuttered. He said, Lord, I have never been eloquent neither before nor after you spoke to me. But Moses was called, right? God called him, right? He was called, but the call alone didn't change his circumstance. The call alone did not change his skill set. So Moses and Jeremiah both were unqualified. They felt unqualified at this time. They both responded to God with why they weren't qualified, right? Well, When I researched the word unqualified, Cambridge Dictionary defined it as lacking skills and experience needed to do a particular job. Lacking the skills and experience needed to do a particular job. When I was a little girl, y'all, I wanted to be a lawyer. Really, 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 really bad. Didn't I, mama? I did. I wanted to be a lawyer. I had a thing for debates. I loved debates. I had a quick wit. I was that kid that always asked, well, why? 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 Because I wanted to know, like... I loved brain teasers and figuring out how A plus B equals C or how sometimes A plus B does not equal C at all and why. But when I was younger, I did not feel smart enough to do that. So I stuck to what I knew worked for me. That was creative components such as singing, fashion design, graphic design, drawing, entrepreneurial things. And I loved them and I still love them, love them so much. But I felt like there was something more. Is that just me? Have you ever felt... Like, it looks good on paper. What you do, you know, if you tell somebody what you do for a living, it would impress them. It looks good on paper. Your resume looks beautiful, but something on the inside is like, this is not all I was born to do. There's something more to me, right? Right. That's how I felt. But fast forward to age 21 this year, God revealed to me that I actually was called to be an attorney for young women. Y'all, that was a good day for me. (laughs) I was like, what? Me? But as he confirmed it in my spirit and confirmed it in my heart, I thought back to that little girl who didn't feel smart enough. I didn't feel smart enough, right? Well, if we go back to the definition of unqualified, I felt unqualified, lacking skills and experience needed. Well, guess what? I was unqualified. I was unqualified. And I just want to let you know that when God calls you, you're most likely going to be unqualified at the time that he calls you. You are most likely going to be unqualified at the time that he calls you. And that brings me to my first point that when we are the amateur, God is the expert. When we are the amateur, God is the expert. I think about it like a job. You have this job, right? And you have no idea how you got the job because you don't know how to do it at all. 
you're like, why did y'all hire me? I don't know how to do this, but you get to shadow someone who's been there for years, there right now, gonna be there later. They do the job perfectly, never had a mistake. They show up on time, they do what they're supposed to do, they handle complaints very well, and you get to shadow them. You're bound to learn something. You are bound to learn something while shadowing them. Psalms 32 verse 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. We can do it our own way. We can choose to, you know, make decisions out of our own logic, do our own thing, or we can choose God's way. We can choose to listen to what he has for us, to go the path he has for us. And when we choose that path that God has for us, he makes these promises to us. One, that he will instruct us. God will instruct us in the way we should go. You don't have to call the shots. You don't have to figure it all out on your own because God's going to instruct you along the journey. Two, he will teach you. You don't have to know everything. I know some of us like to think, myself included, that we know everything and we don't. And we don't have to. Actually, while we're on earth, we never will know everything. But (laughs) he will teach us. I think I was having a conversation or somebody was speaking this week and they said, you don't go from kindergarten to 12th grade in one day. And if you did, you wouldn't remember anything and your mind would be overwhelmed. God has things along the journey. As you go, you learn. He's not going to just give it all to you at one time because he knows it'll overwhelm you and he will take things from you. He'll take away the opportunity for you to learn, gain wisdom, to relate to people. If you get it all at one time, how are people going to relate to you? I've been there. I made that mistake, but this is how I got up. If you're not there, you ain't made that mistake. You're going to be like, I hope it gets better. I'm praying for you. People want to relate. The third promise he makes is that he will counsel you as you go. It's a condition. As you go, he will counsel you. God knows you. You, Tony. You, Corey. You, Miss Stephanie. You, Elliot. God knows you. He understands you. He knows what you need. He knows what you don't need. He knows who's good for you. He knows who's bad for you. And he's going to counsel you. He's going to give you advice, advise you in the way you should go. My friend and I, we were talking this week about God's plan versus our plan and how we know what we want most of the time. I know my dream car. I know my dream house. Me and Joseph were having a conversation and we were describing what our dream houses look like. And I had it to a T. I was like, this, 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 this. I know what it looks like. I know what I want. And then there's what God wants. We have our plan and God has his plan. And so in this conversation, we were talking about two people in the Bible. And I said, yeah, don't be like Saul. And she said, don't be like Jonah. I said, huh. God gave both of them instruction. God instructed both of them as he promised he will do, right? But they chose to make a decision out of their own logic. And so they made this decision out of their own logic, what was appealing to them or what wasn't, and it costed them something. It costed both of them something. My second point is that God is going to follow through on his promises, but it's up to us to do our part. God's going to do what God's going to do, and that's be faithful. If he said that he's going to instruct you, he said that he's going to teach you, he said he's going to counsel you, he's offering that to you. But are you going to take it? Are you going to take it? God loves us enough to give us the choice. We need to love him enough to include him in the decision. We have to love him enough to include him in the decision. If you don't take God with you into the decision, into your opportunities, into your relationships, you open the door for so many things to happen. And I'm going to name a few things right now that happen when you don't take God with you. When you don't take God with you, where you go, you delay what he's trying to do in you, through you, and for you. When you don't take God with you into your life, into your journey, into where you're supposed to go, you add unnecessary roadblocks. 
When you don't take God with you, you confuse and frustrate yourself. I know we all have been frustrated before. All have been confused before. God wants to bring clarity, not confusion. God wants to bring peace, not frustration. When you don't take God with you, you miss out on what God had for you to gain along the journey. Remember, it's a process. It is a process. Jeremiah 1 verse 9 says, Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. I have put my words in your mouth. God called him when he was unqualified, then equipped him for what he called him to do. God called him when he was unqualified and then equipped him for what he called him to do. My third point is that God's not going to call you to something he's not going to equip you for. God is not going to call you to something that he's not going to equip you for. I want us to remember this point because we're going to dive into it a little deeper. But right now we're going to talk about some things that will come up on your journey. As you're walking with God, there are things that are going to arise and they are bound to come up on your journey. So I want us to touch on these things. Some things that will arise on your journey are enemies. Y'all got haters? Y'all got haters? Y'all got haters? I don't know if I got haters, but Matthew 10 verse 22 says, you will be hated because of my name, but it is the one who has endured to the end who will be saved. Not you might, not you could. If you're truly walking with Christ, if you are truly living a life like Christ, you will be hated because of his name. Christ was hated. He was. Challenges and trials will arise. First Peter 4 verse 12 says, do not be surprised by the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. They're coming. The trials are going to happen. Don't be surprised. Don't be caught off guard. Be ready. Don't be scared. (laughs) Distractions tugging for your attention. Proverbs 4.25 says, look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. If the enemy can get your focus, he can derail your destiny. And so what you focus on, what has your attention has you. And temptation, this is the last one I have. Again, this is not all of them, but these are some things that will arise. Temptation, Matthew 26, verse 41 says, watch and pray so you do not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Temptation is going to arise. But what did we say earlier? We said earlier, God's not going to call you to something that he's not going to equip you for. You got it. She got it. We're going to get you something. (laughs) God's not going to call you to something that he's not going to equip you for. So God has gone ahead of us. He's already been there. He's called us to walk with him, right? So he equips us for what's going to arise on this journey. If he's already been there and he's called us to go there, he's going to equip us for it. So... God knows what's ahead. He's going to prepare us for these things with his promises, his encouragement, and his instruction. We just listed things that will arise on the journey. Yes? Yes. Yes. Well, here's God's response to those things. When enemies arise, Psalm 23 verse 5 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. So do y'all got haters? People going to hate you. Those who hate you will see God bless you. What are you going to do when God blesses you? Ha ha, that's why you ain't get it. I got it, you didn't. No, God, I thank you. God, if it weren't for you, it wouldn't have gotten done. You need to bless God in the presence of your enemies. When challenges and trials arise, this is what God says to us. John 16, verse 33. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Tribulation is coming with the world. It's a part of the environment of the world. But if we serve a God who overcame the world, we don't have to submit with the things that come from the world to the things that come from the world, right? Because we serve a God who overcame the world. 
and in that overcame that thing. Right. He also says regarding challenges and trials, James one verses two through four. Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kind. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Something's coming out of you. God's trying to get something up out of you. There are things happening in you as you go and as you face these things and turn to God, he's doing something in you. When distractions tugging for your attention happen, this is an instruction. Remember, I said God gives us promises, encouragement and instruction. This one's an instruction. Philippians four, verse eight. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What has your focus has you. If you want to be captivated by God, if you want to be on fire for God, if you want God to have all of you, he's got to have your focus. The things of God have to have your focus because if you are only focused here, you're not worried about what's going on out here. You're not. You're praying about it. You're believing God to change it, to move in it. When temptation arises, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 says, no, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. But, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure. There's a way out. You're struggling with something. You're going through something. There's a way out. Take it. You're struggling again. Take it. Keep taking it one foot after the other. Go with God. Go with God. Go with God. Take it. I want you to think about the fact that Jesus Christ, when he was on this earth, faced all of these things. All of these things arose when he was on this earth. Enemies? Yeah, we know that. We know that for sure. Challenges? Things fighting for his focus? Temptations? And remember, Jesus was fully man, fully God. But when these things arose, he didn't lean on his humanity. I call it the God part. He leaned on the God part. He leaned on the God part. We're meant to be like Christ. We are meant to be like Christ. When you're going through something, when these things are arising, do they look at you by the way you respond, by the way you have a smile, by the way you're up straight, blessing people even though they know you don't really have it? Do they say, I see God? I see the God part in her. I see the God part in him. God calls us to be like Christ and has already, see, the beauty in it, he's already given us the example. It can be did. (laughs) It can be done because Christ did it and we're alive in him. We follow his example. We follow Christ's example. So I just want to encourage you today that you have an example. You have an example. God's got your back. And as you go with God, it's a journey. Are you going to get it right the whole time? No. Are you going to mess up? Yeah, absolutely. But guess who got your back? Guess who got your back? God. If God be for me, who can be against me? Who? Nobody. So I encourage all of you to go with God. Go with God. Thank you, guys. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was the message titled, Go With God, by Chrissy Boyd. This message is number 6601, that's 6601 to listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 6601 to a friend. Go to brothersoftheword.com.
If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because, brother, you need the word. Oh, brother, you need the word.